Welcome to Keeping Score. I'm Rick Haro. Each week we bring you insights from the playmakers, dealmakers, and rule makers in the world of sports. I'll give you my take on some of the items of the week using my 30 years of experience doing deals for teams, leagues, and players in the $750 billion business of sports. Plus, we'll talk with a central figure in the sports world. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not represent the views of Reuters. Let's get started. Busy week in sports this week, but the real focus ought to be on superstar celebrities in golf, in football, in basketball, and in boxing. We'll end with the boxing interview, but the superstars dominate golf, vice versa. Tiger Woods wins his first PGA event in five years, getting into the Ryder Cup. The bottom line is the event's sponsorship, about $2.5 million per sponsor. In the U.S., it's about $5.2 million. But overall, the business of the Ryder Cup generates about $260 million in sponsorship. They bring it to France. Two years from now, it's in the U.S. And Tiger Woods certainly has left an indelible mark on the 2018 season. Ryder Cup win or loss notwithstanding, he certainly stabilized the business of golf without him and taking it to a new level with him. Superstar in baseball and football, Cal Ripken meets Curtis Martin. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Ripken Senior Foundation and Dan Towers, the CEO of Group 1001, announced plans to design and construct a new youth athletic field in honor of Pro Football Hall of Famer Curtis Martin. The Group 1001 Towers-Ripken Alliance provides up to $500,000 in funding for 10 fields over a few years, and Stargell Field Revitalization Project comes after three years of planning by the Homewood Community Organization, and the bottom line is it is Curtis Martin's homecoming, big announcement, a major public-private partnership in football, baseball, and for the youth of Pittsburgh area. Michael Jordan and the Hornets donating a million dollars, Red Cross, another million dollars to the Foundation for the Carolinas Florence Response Fund. He said it's going to have a huge disruption on people's lives, not for 10 days, but for years. In addition to pledging money, 100 members of the Hornets organization helping package disaster food boxes for those in need around the league. Good to see Michael Jordan, not only his on-court prowess, but his off-court prowess as well. Look at boxing. Andre Ward, born in February 1984, and he is clearly a superstar in the boxing field as an amateur. Ward's won gold medal in the light heavyweight division at the 2004 Olympics and then turned pro later that year. He rose to worldwide prominence upon entering the Super 6 World Boxing Classic tournament in 2009. He won the WBA Super Middleweight title from Michael Kessler in the opening group stage and has never looked back. 32 wins, no losses, super middleweight, light heavyweight. He has also uh, been undefeated, but a tremendous entrepreneur in and out of the ring. Philanthropy, sports business, we give you Andre Ward. We always talk to people who transcend sports. Now we have somebody who transcends sports, boxing, athleticism, entertainment, a whole bunch of things. The stats are too numerous to mention. He's an undefeated gold medalist. He also played Creed II. He's obviously a star contender on epics. And that's just some of the highlights. We'll get into a whole bunch more. Andre Ward, how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So business show, business orientation, you know, give us your perspective. You're in the ring. 
from 2004 to 2017. You're undefeated, multiple titles in two weight classes. You kind of own the world. You walked away on your own terms. That in and of itself is worth a gold medal. I mean, you know, you said this is a, a business-oriented show, and, you know, the sport that I've been involved in for, for 23 years total and 13 years as a professional is it, it, very much a business. You know, it's prize fighting. And, you know, I learned very, very, very early that or I accepted the fact early on that, at, you know, some point in time it was going to be over. And when I did my, you know, when I studied the sport and I, you know, studied certain athletes that retired in the sport of boxing, there weren't a lot of good endings. You know, guys would end with, you know, physical issues or uh, without their money on the IRS and, and those types of things. And I, I just really just didn't want any part of that. So, you know, me and my wife, you know, we, we educated ourselves. We, you know, um, our, our faith was, you know, a strong part of, of, of you know, what kind of guided us through and then just having – a good core group of people around you to bounce things off of uh, just allowed us, man, to, to make a great living, but to also keep our living and to invest our living with the endings in, end in sight. And that's what we did. Got to be an interesting time. Let's call it 2015. You win the comeback of the year ring magazine award in 16 and in 12 to 15, you're kind of in again, out again. And it sounds like when you make a commitment, you step on it and you succeed again. Was that a hard decision to get in, get out, and then kind of get back out again? I mean, it's a lifestyle. You know, it's not something that, that you can kind of turn the switch on and off with. Um, at least that's what that's what my approach was. You know, I, I cared about the sport. Um, I dedicated myself to the sport. And when you dedicate yourself to the sport and you don't cheat it, it, it has a way of rewarding you uh, in ways that, that you never thought possible. But if you do cheat, if you do cut cut corners, um, the sport of boxing has, has a way of exposing you as well. Tell me about the transition a bit from boxer to actor. Uh, do you wake up one day and say, I'm going to acting school? Do you get a break? Is it a combination? Obviously, you prepare for everything you do successfully, which is why you're so successful. But how did it all happen? Uh, Ryan Coogler, who you know I, I personally feel like is is – one of, if not the hottest director in Hollywood, is a friend of mine. We both come from the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, when Creed One was, when they were in pre-production for Creed One, um, we finally had a chance to meet. We had been hearing about each other. We had mutual friends, but it never crossed paths. Uh, and the first time I met him, he said, "Bro, I have a role for you." And I'm like, "A role? I don't even act." And hmm. he said, "No, I have a role specifically for you." Uh, I said, "Well, give me the script. Let me, you know, try to process it." First, I said, "Thank you." And then I said, let me see the script, and, and let me kind of go through the process. Uh, I read the script, and I called him right away, and I said, man, I'm, I'm on board. Um, and, you know, that was the beginning of my acting career. And, uh, you know, you can reflect back a little bit on it now, obviously, successful in both areas. What's the, what's the business of um, the entertainment business as an actor, differences and similarities between that and being in the ring for so many successful years? Um, I mean, I would say that any negotiation that I've had for entertainment is pretty cut and dry. You know, my representation talks to uh, the, you know, who, who, whoever it may be, you know, the MGM Grand, whoever it may be, um, and they work that out, and it's pretty cut and dry. And, of course, there's some back and forth, um, but, but it's not as messy, it's not as dirty, and it's certainly not as cutthroat as, as you know, the sport of boxing is like in boxing. If you don't have the rep the right representation, that's kind of on you. If, if you don't really know how to negotiate, or your team doesn't know how to negotiate, 
nobody's going to help you out and, and, and show you how to do it. And, you know, again, I, I learned early on that you don't get what's fair. You get what you negotiate. So if you don't know the game, uh, you better get somebody who does know the game and, and, and get them to teach you and show you the ropes. And I, and I had that. You know, I got connected with James Prince, who, you know, is a business mogul. Um, and, you know, I asked a lot of questions. I did my own uh, studying and preparation, like I told you earlier, but I also learned from him, uh, and that, that helped me get through. Um, so you win the first uh, gold medal in uh, eight years uh, in Athens, light heavyweight gold, and it's not going to be easy, but now you've got to make the hard decision, which is how do you succeed professionally in an industry that is fraught with peril? Uh, how do you prepare for life uh, in the kind of the business aspect of being a boxer? I understand it's finding an agent you trust, et cetera, et cetera, but it's, it's got to be also more than that. It's a mindset, I assume. No, I, I don't think I could prepare for it. You know, you hear a lot of things, good and bad. Uh, you probably hear more negative things than you hear positive. Um, but I was fortunate. I was fortunate to, to start off with a man that um, had his own money before he got in, got in, got involved with the sport of boxing. That's not how he made his fortune. Uh, he was involved with the sport uh, because he loved it. Um, he believed in my story and he believed in my talent. Um, so I started off the right way, and then as we went along, I learned the sport and I learned the different nuances of the game. Looking back on it, you have a magic wand. Maybe you need a bigger wand than just a one wand wave. You wave a magic wand, you change the business of boxing. What's, what's your first change? Uh, no question, um, a, a, a boxer's union. No question. Um, we have no establishment. We have no one to fight for the fighter. Um, it's the wild, wild west. It's the best way to put it. Um, if you don't have the money to hire a lawyer, if you don't have the wherewithal and the knowledge to hire the right representation, you're going to get chewed up and you're going to get spit out and, and no one's going to apologize to you about it. And unfortunately, that's our reality in the sport that I love. Uh, so, so having, you know, a foundation and having uh, an entity in place that can help the fighters if they get into any type of disputes legally with a manager or a promoter, uh, having an entity, entity there that can help uh, fight for certain causes for fighters, uh, as well as, you know, just, just educate them on contractual issues, contractual language. Um, I mean, if, if, if that can be done, I mean, man, that, that, that's, been a, that's been a lifelong dream of mine. So without question, that would be it. How do you implement that? I understand the answer is, well, if you could, it would have been done already, but is it done at the state level as part of the boxing licensing process? Is it done at the federal level as far as the governing process, a little bit of both? Have you given it some thought? I mean, I've given it a lot of thought, and I don't think that that's an easy answer. I, I think that, uh, first and foremost, you know, the fighters like myself who have a name in the sport, who have benefit. Hold on one second, guys. I'm sorry. This driver's got to talk. One second. I'm sorry. Yeah, so, it, you know, it, basically it, it starts with individuals like myself, you know, the Bernard Hopkins of the world, you know, uh, Floyd Mayweather, Roy Jones, guys who have a name in the sport and guys who have benefited from the sport. We have to get together, all of us, get in a room and, and get on one accord. And as we do that, then we can take it to the state level and then ultimately the federal level. But it's got to be a desire. It's got to be something that, that not just one person wants to do, but but multiple people collectively. Uh, and, I, and I believe if we can all get on the same page, I believe we can, we can get something like this established. But it doesn't benefit the promoters and it doesn't benefit the managers to do this because it makes their job harder. 
uh, it gives them more, you know, basically gives them a watchdog, somebody that's watching over them, somebody that's, you know, basically making sure that they're doing things above board. I mean, if you look at it, you know, several years ago, the promoters, the guys who everybody says don't get along and can't get along, they formed a union. They got together in New York, and they all signed a petition. And I'm not sure how healthy, you know, their union is or if it's even still going, but that actually happened. Why can't the fighters, the guys who risk, physically risk it all, the guys who actually are the ones that, you know, people are – they're the ones that people are paying to come see. Why can't we all get together and, and establish something? So I guess finally, you, you've, got, you've got experience, you've got the chops, you're intelligent, and you've got a platform, you've got a voice. And what it sounds like is you need people who are successful and who are visible to, in essence, try as hard as you can to begin the direction of cleaning up the sport. Yeah, again, it has to be a desire. It has to be, you know, again, boxing is the wild, wild west, and everybody kind of does their own thing. Like, there is a fraternity, and there are times when we all get together and put our heads together. And, you know, I can call Bernard and ask him advice. When I was going through a lawsuit in 2015, you know, I pulled on Bernard a lot because I knew he had been there and done that. I've called Roy Jones several times. So there's moments like that where we do come together and you feel like it's a brotherhood. But I feel like for the greater good of the sport, everybody has to put their promotional and managerial interest to the side and say, listen, we love this sport. This sport has benefited us. We've been doing this since we've been kids, and we've gained a king's ransom to do it. Let's get together and, and, and establish something for the now, but more so for the future. Andre Ward, thank you very much. Rick Haro, speak with you soon. Appreciate it, buddy. Well, our charitable superstar theme is consistent. One thing we left out of the introduction is his film business. In 2015, Ward made his acting debut in the American sports drama, film, and Rocky franchise as Creed, as the light heavyweight boxer Danny Stuntman Wheeler in the Creed series. By the way, his, repri- his reprise role in Creed II, released November 21, 2018, he's promoting that. He's also promoting The Contender. It's also a series. His bottom line, though, his business of boxing and entrepreneurialism, certainly consistent with the Ripken Martin brand for giving back the Tiger Woods brand for taking golf to the next level, and obviously the Michael Jordan brand for hurricane relief in his home state of North Carolina. All important, all philanthropic, major sports business stories. Ricardo, speak with you next week. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping Score. Our producer, Alex Cohen, associate producer, Freddie Joyner, assistance provided by Carlos Waddick, Tanner Simpkins, Jesse Leeds, and Jamie Swimmer and the executive editor of Reuters Digital, Dan Calaruso. I'm Ricaro. Thanks again for listening. See you next time on Keeping Score.